Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi and welcome to another episode of Sky Dragon Slaying where we bring you the truth on science and current affairs in the mainstream with rather you didn't know. I'm John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International. As usual, joining me is Canadian astrophysicist Joe Posma. Now, today, we're excited to have with us one of the world's leading, most influential feminists, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Uh, Dr. Wolf was once considered exclusively a darling of the left, but now she's considered a serious thinker right across the political spectrum. Praised by Tucker Carlson for her high principles, Dr. Wolf doesn't just comment on the world's most pervasive problems, she aims to solve them. She's a best-selling author, columnist and professor, graduate of Yale University uh, with a doctorate from Oxford. She's co-founder and CEO of dailyclout.io, a successful civic tech company, charismatic personality with a passion for activism. Dr. Wolf has long challenged conventional narratives on gender, foreign policy, economics and journalism. Now, in her speeches and seminars, she exposes the threats to liberty and democracy, providing audiences with the tools to fight back against powerful institutional forces. Now, she's written eight best-selling works of non-fiction, including The Beauty Myth, Give Me Liberty, and The End of America. Uh, Naomi's uh, new book is Facing the Beast, Courage, Faith, and Resistance in a, in a dark, New Dark Age. Now, that likely to be as influential as a previous book, Give Me Liberty, which successfully predicted the current crisis in authoritarianism. Hi, Naomi. How are you today? Good, good. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a real pleasure. I mean, you're, you're, you've been on TNT a few times. I know my colleagues have enjoyed interviewing you. Um, you're a very interesting person because um, you're, you're like me in, in a sense. You've kind of crossed the spectrum. I mean, I very much back in the day, I was quite uh, enamored with the left. You know, I was very much into the narrative. But, but I think like like me, you, you value truth very, very highly. And truth is at a premium these days. And um I think that probably is why Tucker Carlson, he summed you up very well. He, he, he said, what, what, what can you say about Naomi? And he, he says, she, she speaks the truth. And uh, I don't think it's a high compliment. And uh, you, you're calling out a lot of things, a lot of things that a lot of us, lot of us have all felt for a very long time needed to be called out. And one of the things that I'm very passionate about, Joe, Joe Postman is passionate about, is the big pharma problem. You know, the pandemic brought up the issue of you know, so-called vaccinations, and you, you you got onto that, and you you were you know quite a champion of that. And you're um you're picking your battles now, aren't you? You've got some high-powered enemies. You know, just give us an example of the kind of you know dogfighting and the the, the warfare that you engaged in. You know, the, the verbal battles you're engaged in now. Good heavens! Well, <laughs> I thoroughly depressed now. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's like I just, I just woke up. It's you know cozy Christmassy day, and it's like oh my gosh, I do have gigantic enemies, and they are really angry at me. Um, you're quite right. I'll go ahead and own that. Well, I guess first when you were speaking, thank you for your lovely, kind words. Um, but it it also, and I, I agree with you. Truth is at a premium, but it also makes me a little sad. Um, that so many people are so grateful to me for doing what is like journalism 101, you know, like the minimum of my professional ethical obligation to the world, which is to investigate 
whether the things we're being told are true and if they are or are not to bring that to the world. You know, I was classically trained as a journalist and nonfiction writer, sorry, and that is literally your job, you know, so it it does make me sad that that's such a, um, so rare these days that uh, those of us who are still doing it stand out. that said, I'll, you know, I've paid the price, so I'll take the, I'll take the credit. Um, yeah. I guess in terms of specifically, I, I don't really feel like I'm picking my battles. I'm just, again, doing journalism. Um, the battles come at me because there's one institution after another that is trying to lie to the people of the world and to lie about things, you know, that are absolutely fundamental to us. Uh, you're in Britain. Um uh, you know, others are either from Australia, or this is airing in Australia, uh, you're in Canada. These are societies that are, all of them are, are are dear to my heart, right? I've visited or and or lived in, you know, one out of three of them visited all of them. And those used to be robust democracies, and they were cradle, in the case of Britain, cradles of democracy, um, cradles of free speech, the Magna Carta, the rights of prisoners, um, the rule of law, uh, civilized reform in the 19th century that went around the world. So, and, and Australia, you know, knows deeply in its bones what liberty is and people, you know, it was founded in part by prisoners and um, it was a model democracy. Canada, again, a model democracy. And so the fact that the lies that are coming at us are, uh, you know, managed to crush democratic and parliamentary processes in those three countries in a very short space of time um, is should be a wake-up call to everybody. You know, like if it can happen in Australia and Britain and Canada, it can happen in the United States and it can happen in the last remaining outposts of free speech and parliamentary process, you know, in the world. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say is you brought up uh, Big Pharma. And again, I wasn't looking for that fight at all. I I didn't used to care about vaccines. I thought it wasn't my issue. I I know from having been, it's one of the ironies of my career right now, but I've been a a reporter on women's sexual and reproductive health issues my whole career, you know, from anorexia and bulimia to breaking the story about the dangers of silicone breast implants, um, getting them off the market. Um, You know, any feminist writer on women's health and the history of medicine in relation to women knows that we are lied to and treated like guinea pigs. It's not news, you know? And so I was just doing what I've been celebrated for on the left and, and on, you know, across the board for 35 years in June of 2021, when I noted on Twitter that women were reporting menstrual problems upon receiving these mRNA injections, I was immediately deplatformed and a global smear campaign, which has not ended, um, was kind of launched against my reputation. What I was saying turned out to be not only right, but but very important because now we're looking at horrific um, damage to female reproduction um, through the vaccines. And then that led me it turns out the White House was behind that um, deplatforming, which is scary enough. But that uh, experience led me to um, call for, at Steve Bannon's prompting, the American conservative commentator, uh, kind of a crowdsourced effort to read through Pfizer documents, which are these 450,000 documents released under court order, internal Pfizer documents um, that the FDA asked the court to keep hidden for 75 years. And in response to that call, 
3,250 doctors and scientists did join our efforts to read through them. And I trained them to write in ways that everyone could understand. So they've issued now 92 reports. And I will end this um, uh, long paragraph of response by saying what they found in the Pfizer documents to date is the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history, entirely intentional, and with a focus on destroying human reproduction. Yeah, I want to just chip in there and um, make a comment to one of our colleagues, you know, that um, Dr. Rainer Fulmack, you, you may, you know, obviously know Dr. Rainer Fulmack, who's um, more, you know, leading the charge in terms of the legal battle, you know, trying to bring to the courts the the challenges against Big Pfizer, you know, Big Pharma. The Pfizer, you know, probably has the highest ever criminal fines of any company in history. It's oh. astonishing that they're actually in business. You know, I think it's over two billion accounting now. Um, these companies have immunity from prosecution. They're the only businesses in the world that are given, a, 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 you know, green light by by governments to pretty much do anything they like with their customers. You know, any car company, air, aircraft company, if you cause harm to your client, your customers, you're, you're sued, you're taken, and you, you pay big bucks. But these corporations, Naomi, they get away with anything. It's almost impossible to hold them to account. And uh, Rainer Fulmack is in jail right now. He's actually in jail in Germany. Um, you've got to be careful. I mean, they are targeting, you know, we, you know, you, you, you're, you're in the same boat as we are. You, when you speak out to authority, you, you attack authority, you dare to challenge the narrative, you make yourself an even bigger target. And it's a kind of, uh, you're making a bigger target on your back, aren't you? The more you speak out, the more you have, the more adept you are at exposing the lies, the more persuasive, the more charismatic you are with the media. You know, pe people like yourself, Rainer Formek, people of talent, people with the the verbal and, you know, the the, the, me the mental dexterity, the intellectual uh, power to, con to convey a good argument. They're very persuasive and uh, ordinary people are gathering around us. You know, you're I think one of your best assets, I think, is the fact that you, you cr you've crossed the divide. You know, you've done the unthinkable thing. You've abandoned you're being pigeonholed. You, you don't want to be pigeonholed anymore as part of the left. You, you're very much a, a people person. You, you, it's principle before party politics, isn't it? Um, I hope so. But also the left ejected me, <laughs> which yeah. is one of the uh, subjects of Facing the Beast, um, yeah. which was a blessing, right? I mean, I realized if they can kick you out for telling the truth and you can become a non-person overnight and then with the vaccine mandates, the people who might my, my tribe, right, my friends and 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 loved ones and colleagues who would never discriminate against um, people of color or gay and lesbian people, you know, embraced a two tier discrimination society in which I was not allowed to enter buildings and eat with my family uh, indoors. You know, I had to eat in New York City like in the you know in the street like an animal. They had no problem with that. It it kind of wakes you up very quickly to think, well, who is the left? You know, what happened to them? This is not okay. Not to mention, I go into this, pardon me, with um in Facing the Beast, uh, you know, there's so many people who claim to be feminists on the left-hand side who have been observing these horrors specifically enacted upon the bodies of women and who have been observing observing the suspension of the 
uh, motto, my body, my choice, and have been absolutely silent, if not colluding. Um, in, in the case of some notables, like the author of Our Bodies, Our uh, not our bodies ourselves, the um, the pregnancy books, what to expect when you're expecting, totally mm -hmm. colluded with getting pregnant women injected, you know, had a nice cup of tea with Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Um, the two women on the Supreme Court colluded with mandates, you know, practically in the same breath that they were saying my body, my choice about abortion. I mean, I could go on and on, but mm -hmm. it's, it's not that I sought out being, I mean, I've always sought out being you know, constitution above party, right? That's just mm. partly because I was a high-level political consultant for the president's yeah, yeah. campaign and the vice president's campaign. And I was a, a White House spouse. So I saw that partisan politics doesn't solve anything. Um, the rule of law and the constitution are the solutions. So that's your my response to your um, kind observation about uh, my effort to pursue truth over party. But I, again, I think it's the least anyone can do, right? What's the point of being in a free society if, you know, we just dear leader each other, you know, based on party lab labels? Yeah, yeah. I do want to take issue gently but firmly with um, with what you said about, you know, Reiner Fulmick and uh, my putting a quote-unquote target on my back, you know, bigger mm -hmm. target than one mm -hmm. speak. I don't think that that is helpful you know, right now. Um, okay. And I'll just explain why. So you, so you don't think I'm just like pushing back for no reason. It, Facing the Beast deals a lot with people's um, fear and, and cowardice. Um, there's a, there's an essay of mine in there that I had to change the title for publication, but the original title is I'm not brave. You're just a pussy. You know, and it was like aimed at all the men who were DMing me saying, I really agree with what you're doing, Naomi, of, but of course I'm not going to say anything because, and then some nonsensical reason, like I could lose my job. Yeah. I think, you know, how can I put this? Yes, Reiner Fulmick is in jail. I don't really know the details. And I also know that, you know, a New Zealand whistleblower is facing uh, criminal charges. Some of the I'm not talking about Mr. Phil now. I'm not talking about the whistleblower specifically. I am, you know, married to someone who was a former, you know, formerly embedded with special operators, uh, former mil military intelligence and intel guy. Hmm. Some of these cases are real and some of them are designed to terrify critics. So, you know, we don't know. Like hmm. Karen Kingston was on the run in, uh, in Mexico and thought, you know, yeah. people were trying to poison her, and it turns out she was having a bad reaction to something uh, medical. Um, you know, we just don't know. So, uh, you know, our our governments are very nefarious right now, and they're perfectly capable mm -hmm. of uh, producing theatrics of dissidents being um, hounded or arrested or facing criminal charges. Um, and as we should know by now, everything, you know, and I wrote about this in the global war on terror, some cases can be real and fake at the same time, like a real, you know, real charges against, for instance, Reiner Fulmick. I don't, you know, I know he was, there was some question about, you know, handling of money. Uh, I don't know what he's arrested for, right? But then the messaging can be, look, this is what happens when you question the COVID narrative or the vaccines narrative. So I just think we should be super careful about that. And the other thing I want to say about like personal safety is, you know, those of us who are in England or in America or in Canada or in Aust even Australia, although that's getting bad, 
we're not yet in societies where dissidents are dragged off and never heard from again, like in China or Iran. We're not. And so it's really yet like metaphorically, I have a target on my back, sure. But until they actually succeed in opening quarantine camps here in New York State, which they're trying to do, but haven't done yet, um, you know, I no one's gonna assassinate me. And and I, you know, so what does it mean to have a target on my back? It means mm. uh, investors withdraw six figure investments from my company, that already happened. Um, yeah. You know, I, my, uh, professional opportunities closed down, universities that used to invite me to speak, don't invite me to speak, you know, big fucking deal. I'm sorry, but big deal, you know, like mm. that is, mm. those are not the kinds of things we should be afraid of. Uh, they aren't um, because, because we're still very lucky to live in such a it with in societies with enough of the rule of law that you know a militia is not going to show up at my door and drag me out and you know if they do we have the second amendment my husband's fully armed and you know that will end badly for them so i just think it's very important not to buy into a fear narrative that silences us because much more dangerous than speaking out now in in countries like britain or canada even even Australia, um, certainly the United States, much more dangerous is silence because then you do get physically, I mean, then the next step, and I've known this since I wrote my book about closing democracies, the end of America, the next step is the the quarantine camps, the concentration camps, the, um, you know, detention without release, uh, the reintroduction of torture, neglect, and so on. So um, that's what I would say to that. Right. Uh, this is uh, Sky Dragon Slaying. This is TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. Yeah. TNT.
Hi, welcome back. Uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf is with us. And um, we're talking about a lot of things to do with big pharma and you know, oppression and censorship. Uh, J. J. Posner, you got uh, you got something to put to Naomi. Yeah, well, I'm, you were discussing before the break there about how we don't live in a totalitarian state where we're, you know, physically dragged off, although that, that did actually happen in some places like Australia. They, they were actually putting people in quarantine and they did really want to bring that to the rest of the first world. Uh, luckily, uh, they didn't. I guess enough people were complying. Um, and I guess it's test cases as well, seeing what they can get away with. But they're, they're doing the next best thing that they can to a totalitarian totalitarian state, aren't they, with the whole cancel culture? I mean, we're not being physically destroyed, but we're being financially destroyed, um, you know, destroyed in employment, destroyed socially. So it's, you know, the next best thing there. This really seems to be a force out there, which is figuring out how to do the next best thing or the next closest thing, I guess, from their perspective, right, uh, to total totalitarianism, aren't they? Yes, I, I don't doubt that. There, that's clearly the case. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, I experienced it myself. It's scary to find out the White House has singled out one's accurate, you know, peaceful tweet to uh, put out a B-O-L-O, -O, which is be on the lookout for, you know, similar material and um, that they put pressure on Twitter and Facebook to silence me. That's scary. It's against the law. Um, it's against the First Amendment. You know, I don't doubt it, but I guess I would say, like, like, what are you guys doing here? You know, like, I mean, if we're going to talk about just how scary it is and how many blowback forms there are, why, you know, what's the point of resisting? I mean, all of that is real. I think we all know that, right? You can get debanked. They debanked the truckers. They tried to debank Joseph Mercola. Um, you know, so dissidents are talking about how do you save your assets in a place that you can't be debanked. They tried to drag people off to quarantine camps. So Bobby Ann Cox, you know, is trying to have a lawsuit against that in New York State. She's been successful. Governor appealed. Now people like us are helping her with her appeal. You know, they're going to try to cancel you. They tried to cancel Jordan Peterson. They no doubt tried to cancel everyone on TNT. Like, okay, we like we know this, but can we kind of move on to acknowledging what the dangers are and, and moving past it. Otherwise, I'm not sure, like, like with respect, <laughs> you know, I, I totally agreed to be on this show. But if all we're going to talk about is how scary it is and how many, how much danger there is and that they're going to drag us off to quarantine camps, I don't think that that's helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of fear messaging and propaganda, respectfully. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, I should have a third cup of coffee before I say anything more rude and confrontational. But that's how well, I that's that's an excellent point. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People need yeah, need yeah. to stand up, don't don't they? Because like like you said, yeah, people would be doing all this activism, and then yeah, you get these back channel emails and text messages saying, "Oh, I really support what you're doing, but I would never do it." I mean, it's enraging, yeah, yeah. isn't it? And that's what lets them get away with uh, all this stuff. Um, Jeremy Nell, a fellow TNT. Uh, host made the point that it was way better. He's in South Africa, right, John? And he said yeah. it was way better during all that to live in a failed state because, yeah. you know, here in Canada, we have a perfectly highly, you know, uh, efficient machine, well-oiled machine. Uh, if you dared to um, remove your face mask for a minute to have a sip of coffee in the farmer's market, the police would be there. Like the police would mm -hmm. literally be there within, within minutes to shoot you in the face mm -hmm. if you uh, resisted, right? Um, whereas in a failed state... Wait, hold on a minute. Excuse me. To shoot you in the face? Well, I mean, happen? I'm just... 
No, I'm just speaking metaphorically. What happens if you face the police in the first world, right? If you resist, if you stand up for your freedom, you'll you will be, you know, physically subdued. And if you resist, you get shot. I mean, that's the that's the solution here, right? Because, like, what? Respectfully, no, that doesn't happen. I mean, Mm. when you're yes, in Australia, when they were protesting, they got shot with rubber bullets, and that's very bad. And in Australia, they get dragged off to quarantine camps. But I must challenge what you just said. You know, I faced off the police and I write about it in Facing the Beast. I've been arrested twice, you know, for mm-hmm. protesting for my civil liberties, my First Amendment rights. Um, that's that's not what happens. When, like yeah. zero, zero people arrested me when I disobeyed the mask mandate and the vaccine mandate in New York City. I, I, I notified the mm-hmm. mayor. I notified the governor. Nobody came to get me. I um, spoke directly to NYPD and said, I'm going to cross this boundary. I'm going to sit in that place where I'm not allowed to sit. Arrest me if you want. And they were like, it's okay. It's okay. So like, to my knowledge, I do not believe anyone in Canada, tell me if I'm wrong, post it in the chat. I don't think anyone in Canada got, got, quote, shot in the face for removing their face mask at a farmer's market. And again, I, I wonder why you are telling your listeners that people will get shot in the face mm-hmm. in Canada if they don't comply. What happens in Canada, I'm sure it's not good. I'm sure that if you resist arrest, you can face charges, right? But yeah. there are ways to peacefully be arrested, get your lawyer, get, you know, appeal. Well, your. I'll give this example instead. There, so there were arrests at, at farmer's market. There were arrests for not wearing face masks at farmer's market. Right. And then there was the case in Toronto with uh, the uh, mounted horse where they used the mounted uh, horse. There's several, like, several instances of that with the truckers, but then there was one before okay, that so with, a, with, a, with, with a restaurant. And and the well, people were, you know, walked over by the horses. You know, they used the horses That's to bad. charge the people in. And, you know, people were stepped on by horses, right? So, you know, and if you take that, I mean, if as a male, if as a large male, you are to resist the, you know, if you're to really stand up for your liberty and say, I'm absolutely not cooperating with this, you will face physical, a physical interaction with the police. And that's yeah. just not a good situation, right? So that's the expression uh, that I'm, that I'm using, right? That's, that's the so metaphor that's, that I'm using. Trampled with horses, very bad yeah. Has to, has to be stopped. It's not the same as it's not good. I you know it's very serious, but it's not the same as shot in the face, right? For removing your face mask. So yeah, yeah. like, don't say things in in public that are literally not true. That would scare people. I highly recommend. Um, so again, because yeah, you because you, know, you don't want people to be afraid of standing up for their rights. Yeah, yeah, well, well, definitely. I, I, what is misinformation, right? I'm like, we started this conversation with this, these kind words about how I stick to the truth and I check yeah, my yeah, sources, yeah. what's yeah. verifiable. It, it, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but it's literally not true that people get shot in the face for removing, removing their face masks. It's a very scary image. And people who, you know, are, are not, um, uh, how can I put this, having a good information stream coming at them might hear that in Canada and think, wow, I really better fall in line because I certainly don't want to get shot in the face and leave my children, um, you know, without a parent. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other things you're talking about are real. And again, Canadians need to organize to, you know, take legal action against the regulations that allow 
protesters to be trampled. That is not acceptable. They need to remove the chiefs of police that allowed it, right? They need to um, engage in civil disobedience to tie up the downtowns where that happened. All of these things are things Canadians should do and respectfully Canadians are doing fuck all. I'm sorry, I really don't know why I'm using horrible language. I'm usually very ladylike and I don't do it. Um, I apologize that Canadians are doing very little, understandably, partly because of the absolute blanket of fear messaging that's been transmitted to them. And partly because, and I've written about this, you know, they're just very nice people and they they wish and hope for the best from everyone. And, and I think that the tyrants in Canada have taken advantage of that kind of um, let's get along with each other uh, vibe that Canadians have, but it's very dangerous when they're trying to establish a, a violent autocracy. Um, and in terms of you being a big man, like, I mean, I'm sorry, I've been arrested with big men. If you don't physically fight back, if you submit to being arrested, you know, you will be taken to a point of detention. At that point, a lawyer will speak for you and get you out eventually, and then you'll appeal your conviction. I mean, right now, Canada has not devolved into having, you know, Guantanamo-like detention facilities where you're going to be tortured. To my knowledge, Canada still has legal representation for people who are detained or detained unlawfully. So, Again, no, to my knowledge, you're not going to be beaten up if you uh, don't resist arrest, you know, and resisting arrest is, I mean, being arrested is not the end of the story. So people do need to be taught how to be arrested and what to do once they're arrested, if they're going to engage in civil disobedience. Uh, you know, I guess, unless I'm wrong, our Canadian yeah, no. people, not people. No, I'll give you, are, I'll give you an example. Let me just chip in if you don't mind. Let me just chip in. I mean, I, uh, during lockdown, I engaged in two protests i was arrested i spent 24 hours maximum time you could spend in a police cell in the uk is 24 hours twice i spent 24 hours in a police cell um it's it's not so much the physical intimidation it is the the unknown it's the mental warfare that's being played out uh my my yeah. good friend uh science uh colleague um Piers Corbyn, Piers Corbyn, brother of Jeremy Corbyn, former leader of the UK Labour Party. He, again, was targeted in London, um, fined £10,000 merely for doing what you advocate, which is, you know, advocating for your civil rights. Um, I think it's, it's actually fine. I sorry to jump in, but what was the what were the actual charges for the £10,000 fine? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know the actual charges. And again, it, it, this is a very important point because a lot of this is it's, it's um, technicalities. I mean, in my case, I mean, I argued on the basis that the the, the arrests were unlawful because I broke no law, right. and I was released because again, it, these were mandates. These were so-called mandates. These were rules. The, these weren't a, a change of law. No, exactly life. right. And I think th this is the nuance we have to remember. And you're quite right to emphasize the fact that we have to be careful with our words. Words have power. And if we use the wrong words, we could be misinterpreted. And I don't want to be misinterpreted. Um, what I really want to do, though, is, is um, because when we received um, notification about your availability, one of the things we, we picked up on was the issue of uh, your um, problem with Naomi Klein. Na Na I mean, this issue with Naomi Klein, it's a very interesting one. She's married to Avi Klein. Um, again, links with, uh, you know, pharmacare, but, you know, multi-billion dollar pay, uh, payday, big pharma, health Canada issue. You know, again, it's, uh, as you say, it, it goes across national boundaries. This is an international racket. Mm. And you're, 
you're they're trying to they use the term is cancel you cancel you once and for all and you know and it's written in um uppercase so we're picking up really on what was presented to us you know this this was the pitch given to us and we're interested in, in why that language is is used um naomi klein is, is on a tour with a book that seeks to cancel you once and for all <laughs> Mm -hmm. um just clarify that let's get the language correct on that so we don't overstep the mark we don't you know exaggerate <laughs> i don't mean to kind of uh, alarm you guys by no. um by challenging uh or asking uh for us to drill down kind of more specifically on on what we're discussing yeah. um you're welcome to talk to me about naomi klein i'm happy to answer your question in just a minute but um and and Joseph, I didn't mean to offend you either by Not pushing. Offended, of course, yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, but I do want to say before I answer your question that what you John Jono just yeah. said about it's not a law, it's a mandate, um, and what I was kind of pushing for Canadians to do in Canada in, in the same regard. The this is exactly what we need to do, right? Mm. You. Um, and when I was saying, well, what was the charge for the fine, right? Like it's, it, we've been hypnotized for so long, I would say, especially in Britain, possibly in Canada as well, mm -hmm. with the, a form of governance in which citizens are encouraged not to think about the mechanism of the law, um, or governance. And also, especially in Britain, there's been more and more, um, obfuscation of, uh, of the law, right? I mean, I have on my as part of my tech company a digital database of u.s legislation so anyone can search any bill and find out what is the law in my state or what's coming up you can't do that in britain you can't do it in most of the eu either well you can't do it in the eu it's hidden um mm -hmm. the databases conceal the laws right so this very much disempowers british citizens i'm sure it's this the case in canada too though i haven't looked at their database situation my point is by you know if everyone in britain knew that the mandates did not have the force of law which was literally what i was telling people all day long in america you know that there's no law that says you have to close your store it's a mandate that you know we don't live in a in a monarchy <laughs> they, they can't decide if they can't pass a law it doesn't exist you are free to d disobey it um and uh and so so much of what happened in britain in terms of closing uh, businesses, businesses, you know, going out of business that I wrote in um, the bodies of others about high streets being closed and this massive transfer of wealth in Britain, um, you know, third places where elderly people congregate being closed, the isolation, so on. All of that happened on the base of mandates and not laws. My point is, when people inquire, what is the basis for you saying I have to comply with X and, and really look um, and refuse to comply until they can be shown that it is a lawful order or that it's based on a law. Um, that 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 would you know go so far to resist tyranny. I mean, if everyone in Britain did what you did during the lockdowns and realized it's just a mandate, I'm not going to comply. Um, the world would be quite different. What and do you right think now, of the expression? What What do you think of the expression? The process is the punishment. I don't know what what that is in relation to. Well, just, you know, in so it's not so it's not a law, it's a mandate. But if you 
you know, violate the mandate, they will throw as much of the law as they can at you, right? You know, cancel you. Well, could they cancel a separate thing? You know, for example, being arrested, you were bringing up, you know, being arrested, how to be arrested, right? So you got to go through the process and go through the law and go through all this, this, this stuff, which usually costs a lot of money and is quite stressful, right? So, you know, it's the idea of that the process is the punishment, you know? Oh, what I mean? see what you're saying. Um, I mean, I think that that was the case for the people in 1776 who took up arms against the most powerful empire in the world at that time. You know, this was the punishment. They were barefoot in the snow, you know, because they believed in liberty and they believed in this ideal. I guess what I would say to, to you in response to that question is, like, what do you believe in? You know, like, mm -hmm. if you're not going to risk financial difficulty or lawfare, you know, or going through something uncomfortable like an arrest to protect your liberties in Canada, you won't have any left to leave to your children and they will live in a China like society. So I don't like, I don't really know why. Well, I think, I think, like you said, a lot of people don't know how to do that. A lot of people don't know how, and a lot of people don't know what the laws are exactly, right? And uh, and it is scary, right? A lot of people can't face losing their income and losing their their stability. That that really is just too much for most people to psychologically uh, deal with and practically deal with. I think you know it, it is effective. You know, it is an effective form of intimidation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I. Yes, I, I suppose so. I mean, no, also, because just thinking about the medical murders that, you know, my team has documented, if I were a doctor or a nurse, I would literally rather um, wash dishes for the rest of my life than, you know, than be complicit in the mass murder that has taken place through these injections and through uh, processes like remdesivir. And Canada is even worse with the the death protocols um, and the, you know, assisted suicide protocols. So uh, eugenics, basically. So um, I guess what I would like, we're kind of skipping to the end now, but I guess what I would say is we're sort of arguing from different um, understandings of how the world works, right? I have become fully convinced and I write about this in the bodies of others. I'm sorry, in Facing the Beast, um, the sequel to the bodies of others, that we don't really have a choice right now because we are all going to die eventually. And we are then going to be accountable for the choices we made. And so, you know, if you want to be on the side of I did nothing and I let this giant evil unfold, that's your choice. But I don't think it will end well for those of us who make that decision. I think humanity is being put to a test right now and that the test is kind of metaphysical, but it's certainly moral. Um, and again, I would say as a Jew, you know, granddaughter of someone who lost nine brothers and sisters in the Holocaust, if we can't see that it's 1933 and that people who comply and are silent because they don't want to lose their jobs or they don't want to move to a cheaper, you know, apartment instead of a house or they're, you know, worried about how they're going to get their kids through college, whatever nonsense, right, is not life and death, mm -hmm. Um they're no different from Germans who complied or who looked away when, uh, you know, when a, a, a similar death-based um, totalitarian regime was being established. And and I guess the last thing I always say at this point is it's a fake it's a fake reprieve, right? If people, I mean, just look at history. And again, I go into this in in detail in, in Facing the Beast. 
if you look at how totalitarianism unfolds in my book uh, in 2008, The End of America really spells this out as well. You're, it's not going to get better if you comply. It's going to get worse. So you may keep your job for now, but tomorrow there, you'll have a tattoo. And the day after, they'll take your kids away um, if you said something on social media. Or they'll switch you off just because you're the wrong ethnicity or because you know you voted for the wrong party or you didn't get the latest injection, right? So it's not a real safety. It's a fake safety, and it it, it just endangers you more. Yeah, and I think um, we all get that, don't we, on TNT? Certainly all of our hosts and any guest we've had on certainly understands that point. But still, like you said, it's enraging when you get these back-channel emails and text messages saying, I really yeah. support what you're doing, but I can't do it myself. Hey, John. No, uh, you're listening to uh, Naomi, Dr. Naomi Roof on the TNT radio. We'll be right back. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, Elon Musk, the owner of X, was asked about the boycott uh, of advertisers like Disney and Apple who have pulled off the site after he uh, retweeted an anti-Semitic tweet and for some other reasons. And uh, he didn't hold back in his response. Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. And he says that if the boycott forces X to close up shop, the public will know who to blame. What this advertising boycott is uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company. And you think that that... Uh, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But they're going to say that, they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform, right? Let's that's see, that's and, what and they're gonna say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. Earth to Elon, only time will tell. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has prediabetes, but with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one minute prediabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back. We're talking to Dr. Naomi Wolf. And um, before the break, uh, I wanted to you know, raise this point that um, I'm trying to get to get my head around the issue with Naomi Klein. I want to know what's going on with Naomi Klein. Um, again, I like to expose the lies. Um, big Pharma Connections, Avi Klein. I don't know who Avi, Avi Klein is. Uh, I know that the issue is that, that it's connected to the Canadian health system, the, the Canadians like every English speaking nation have deeply mired in corruption, big pharma corruption. It's a massive crime syndicate. I think, I think internationally, it, it, it probably the greatest crime syndicate of all time. Naomi, what, what context have you got for this issue with uh, Naomi Klein and Abby Klein? What, what's, what's the real story there for you? 
Sure. So for those who are not aware, <laughs> Naomi Klein, who has been a famous and um, quite a distinguished intellectual who wrote Shock Doctrine and No Logo, very important books, um, a Canadian intellectual, uh, she, out of the blue, published a book um, this year called Doppelganger. And I haven't read it because I don't want her weirdness about me in my head, but from what I understand, it centers on her premise or her conviction that I am her doppelganger and uh, her mirror image, and um, that this is an entree into a kind of attack on MAGA and the mirror world that uh, we all live in. You know, I'm part of it because I speak to people like Steve Bannon and Tucker Carlson, and um, and yeah, and it's a, basically a, a, a long um, hit piece on me, and uh, you know when. I reacted to the kind of target on your back um, metaphor earlier. Mm. Something very disturbing uh, is that she wrote an op-ed in the New York Times, quite a violent meditation on me as well as quite right. obsessive, apparently. She watches my videos compulsively and, um, you know, is preoccupied with my appearance and all kinds of weird things. But in her op-ed uh, in the New York Times, there was a section where she meditates on violence against doppelgangers, including the murder of doppelgangers. And she's in that piece identified me as her doppelganger or double. Um, and the New York Times chose, and again, my former husband was op-ed editor of the New York Times. So I know that these art choices take care. They're not careless. Um, they chose an image of uh, two kind of uh, duplicate people, right? Uh, androgynous people. Um, but one of them was strangling a wolf that was bleeding from the mouth. And, you know, like I believe in free speech, but threats of violence are not legal. And it's not um, comforting to know that this, uh, you know, seemingly unhinged uh, book is, has, has meditations on doing violence to doppelgangers. Mm. Um, that's a secondary issue for the reasons that I described earlier. But I think Macmillan's lawyers should have, you know, not let um, something like that out into the world. That said, I did do like two clicks of looking. I was going to stay above the fray, not respond to her at all, while every news outlet that uh, banned me and censored me and smeared me, news outlets like The Guardian and the BBC, where I used to be a commentator, a columnist, Sunday Times of London, I used to have a column. I mean, they, you know, I've been writing for these people for 35 years. I know the, you know, uh, they, they turned to me like until... 2021, they would they would turn to me regularly for for comment or for features or articles. Um, so overnight, these same uh, places um, call me a conspiracy theorist and crazy and are mm. celebrating her book. Well, so two clicks in to my research, I see that her husband, who's actually named Avi Lewis, um, got a gig as a spokesmodel for the biggest of big pharma, uh, a policy called Pharmacare Now, which Health Canada is promoting, which would give pharmaceutical in interests in Canada a $43 billion a year annual check um, written by the taxpayers of Canada. Uh, that's the amount of um, pharmaceuticals that uh, Canadians use every year, especially mm. prescription drugs. And that would take big pharma in Canada completely out of the vulnerability of being in the marketplace. In other words, mm. we at Daily Clout drove um, Pfizer's um, share value down 30% net revenue loss 
because of what we found. Well, Pharmacare now would protect um, pharmaceutical companies in Canada from ever being exposed and uh, it would protect them from having to compete with decent products. You know, they could just put whatever they wanted in the bodies of Canadians and th- with one customer, the government. So we're that really was- just be- we're really just being treated like cattle, aren't we? It's almost like we're we're farm animals. We're being treated like we're just you know they're they're forcing the vets to to you know give us our shots even if we don't need them. There's no respect for human dignity or human life in this system. It's all about money, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And just to add to the Naomi Klein revelations, that's not all. Avi Lewis's dad, Stephen Lewis, uh, was Canada's UN ambassador. Then he became a nonprofit maven in the field of vaccines, bringing vaccines to Africa and pandemic policies, uh, especially COVID, you know, nonsense to Africa. Then finally, he was in the society pages with Bill Gates celebrating Gates's $247 million investment in vaccines. And he is on the board of an international vaccine nonprofit that specifically got a $25 million grant from Bill Gates. So the Klein extended family is awash in vaccine money and pharma money. Um, And that shown a lot of light on why a distinguished intellectual would spend two years at the peak of her career um, trying to cancel me yet again, uh, once and for all, quote unquote. Yeah, I totally get that. And I think you're right to, um, to be bold enough to, you know, face these people down, you've got to face them down, You, you can't cower to bullies. And it's a very adept technique they use i mean the power of the media they the power of you know the, the fear of the unknown i think we um i think the reason why joe and i um come at this the way we do is because we've had 13 14 years of this in our own field as uh, scientists you know we work in work for principia scientific we've been cancelled we've had things oh, done really? to us i'm so sorry um, is it yeah, we, because of your positions on climate change yeah 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 we um Joe will tell you he 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 lost his job. You know, had a very very good successful job, University of Calgary. I mean, um, we use metaphors. You know, the metaphor used, I, I I agree, was you know a metaphor. But you know, in terms of you know losing your job over your convictions is 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 reality for those yes. of us who really hold strong opinions. And you know, we're all. Uh, but I mean, may I jump in here because yeah, often yeah, yeah. heroes yeah, don't know they're heroes, like. I empathize and respect that you both had like major financial and professional hits for Mm. telling the truth as you saw it and bringing your findings to the public. Um, You, it may be very difficult, you know, in your lives right now compared to what you had before you were canceled. And and I thoroughly respect that. Mm. That said, um, you know, and this happened like more than a decade and for the last, you know, more than a decade the fact that your voices are are bringing this evidence to the world is quite um providential because these people i was a you know committed um climate change whatever advocate believer mm. um but but i also i'm now thinking oh i better find out what the other side has to say because these evildoers who have rolled out the pandemic, rolled out the forced vaccines, they are trying to roll out global subjugation using climate change as mm. the pretext. So if there are voices like yours that are credible and I need to do more, you know, finding out about what you guys said, um, that is gonna that is gonna go a long way and probably is already going a long way to keeping people from jumping into that 
you know, narrative uncritically. So but you're you, you're right to point out the connection. There there is absolutely a connection uh, there. And you know, on the vaccine issue, you know, you witness you experience this double standard in people's behavior, right? Where you know, for example, they they just totally give up on bodily rights. For example, you know, uh, so it's just the most brazen and audacious fraud which you could possibly imagine. You've already experienced that with you know your own issues, John and I working on the climate issue. Yeah, and yeah, at one point, you know, I was a just a mainstream, you know, science student believing in everything, and yeah, you go and look look into it, and you will find the most brazen and audacious fraud that you could yeah. possibly uh, imagine, and that is well, the wait, state of I affairs. Just, can I just jump in because we only have a few minutes together, and what you yeah, guys yeah, did yeah. is important. Um, are we not facing man-made climate heating? No, no not at all. No. Not not no. in any way whatsoever. We're it's facing a totalitarian much. system that that want yeah. to enslave humanity. Okay. What um what is heating the planet? Nothing is. Nothing. Nothing is. is. There's there's normal weather happening. The charts show yeah, that yeah, yeah. the modern climate is completely nominal. The change is nominal. The temperatures are nominal. It's all normal. They're just yeah, yeah, telling yeah. you that it's scary, just like what they did with a pandemic. Oh, look at this scary thing. It's all normal. Nothing is happening. They just take well, little blips in data, and because people are so poorly educated scientifically and mathematically, they just believe the news. It's it, that's all it is. Oh, okay, yeah, I've yeah. got to have you on my show then. You both, yeah, yeah, go. yeah, yeah. we'd love to. We, I think there's a massive mutual respect here, Naomi. I think this is the key. The key point is we wanted you on our show because there's admiration here. The admiration is for somebody who's prepared to change their opinion when the facts warrant that. And I, and I think that's very, you know, heartwarming that we are getting together. I mean, we we, we mentioned it on previous shows, Joe. We, we say about 13% of the population, only about 13% have critical reasoning skills. And we are, you know, the minority. We are the, those who have to kind of be the vanguard, those who have to kind of take the initiative. And there's nothing better than somebody who has a mea culpa and say, yeah, I was wrong. And I've changed my opinion. Wow. And, they're, they're the best leaders, I think, because they're not doing it from ego. They're doing it from humility. And, and we we welcome that. And I think that's why we're kindred spirits. You know, we d are not here to challenge you on, on your core beliefs. We're here to challenge you perhaps on the details, the nuances. Well, you're, you're welcome to challenge me on whatever you want. I mean, if yeah. you know, we 13 percent enjoy a good <laughs> a good back yeah, and yeah. forth based, on the, based yeah. on the facts. But, um, well, there's so much more to say at another time because one thing I just want to share before we sign off is I began to think I need to find out more about the climate question and whether it's true or not, because I realized that the predictions of everything going to hell were based on models, just like the pandemic was based on models that no one ever got go. to see data for. And, and I tried to find those data sets and they wouldn't show me, like the fine print said, you can't see the data sets. So this made me wonder if the models for climate change are also based on nothing and we you know we can't see them we can't see the data you nailed it that's exactly it. that's a great summary just leave it at that well that, that's yeah. it yep that does yeah. it <laughs> well all right I mean, we have not... to talk another time at length on my show or on your show about this if you're willing because that's this yeah is a we love story um, we the, have to further the, the important thing is tnt radio is is like a, a platform for, for truth it's been running for two years now we we're, we're joe and i great advocates for it we, we're so delighted to have high quality guests like your good self to come on 
Um, the, we're crossing boundaries, aren't we? We're, we're walking across traditional uh, barriers. We're breaking down you know, prejudices. We're, we're, we're starting a new way of thinking, and it's for truth. And uh, Naomi, I, I'm very heart, heartwarming. It's heartwarming to speak to you. I haven't spoken to you before, and I, and I do like the idea of getting together again and having a proper conversation about climate. I'll, I'll reach um, out to invite you guys both onto onto my show, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about that and bring it to my audience. Thank you, Naomi. Uh, Wonderful. This is Sky Dragon saying this is TNG Radio with Dr. Naomi Wolf. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Talk to you soon.